to come and join me up here. Give a warm welcome to Renee. So some of you uh, may not have met Renee before. Um, and so we are going to find a little bit more out about Renee in just a moment. But just to give you an idea about what we're doing in these summer um, Sundays, we are taking some time to look at our aims as a church. Um, and so we're looking at what are the things that we are going after as a church? What are we pursuing? What do we feel God is inviting us into? And you can find those on one of these, uh, which is up on the screen, or um, you can grab one on your way out today. And each week we're focusing on a different aim and looking at what are we as a church doing around that, but also what is God wanting to say to us around that theme Um, in this space on a Sunday morning. And this morning, we are going to be talking about our aim, which is reducing the impact of poverty. And that has two sub-aims, which is equipping people to break the cycles of poverty and providing everyday essentials. Now, Renee, you were the perfect choice of someone to talk to about this this morning. Tell us why. What is your role here at Numa Church? So my role here is as the Compassion Projects Manager. So I oversee all of the bits and pieces that we do to reach out to people. So I oversee uh, the storehouse, and we have a Renew program, which deals with a food bank and a social supermarket and pretty much any of those outreach options. Fantastic. Now, we did laugh about when I asked Renee, like, what's your job? What Renee's job on paper is and what she actually spends her time doing... (laughs) It is often quite different when you see her running around the building, juggling lots of things. But you mentioned a couple of things there. You mentioned the word storehouse. You mentioned renew. Can you just give us a little overview of the projects? Just a couple of lines about like what are the things we do and what are they? So storehouse is a program that we have where anyone is welcome to come in and they are allowed to get free clothing and uh is the word I'm looking for? <laughs> equipment? Uh, I'm sorry? Children's equipment, maybe equipment? equipment? They can get equipment as well as um, hygiene products and things like that. So toiletries, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, great start. Awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so they're allowed to get all of that sort of stuff, and that's from baby all the way up through until the end of school age is what we tend to have the children's clothing for and equipment. So we have cot beds, things like that as well. We have another program called Renew, which is a social supermarket style program. So people are allowed to come in, they pay a small membership fee, and then they can get a small amount of uh, food throughout the week, which they pay, uh, we say about a quarter of the price for, and they're allowed to do that. But the main part of that program, with it being a social supermarket, is that we then walk alongside them for a designated amount of time just to... um, whether they need coaching with money management, whether they need to learn how to cook, whether they want to be involved more in social things, things like that. So we walk alongside them. We also have a free food bank. Um, We've got a lot of different options for people to get involved. Fantastic. And something I would love to mention at this point is we were going to have, we invited Paula along from the Beehive to speak to us, but she couldn't come this morning. So something else we're doing as part of the Beehive Project, which is our... um, cafe and uh, secondhand clothing boutique in town is giving out free women's clothing as well job opportunities so much more there is much you can find out about the beehive um, and some of the other ways that we are trying to go after this aim uh, in reducing the impact of poverty now Renee, i know you personally feel strongly about the idea that 
it's not just about giving people practical essentials. That, yes, if someone is hungry, we feed them. And, yes, if someone is clothing, we would do that. But tell, tell me a bit about your heart for the second part, which is this breaking the cycles of poverty. Why does that matter? Why not just keep giving people the practical things they need? Yeah, so I'm, I think I've always been a big advocate of that. Um, some of that, I think, was personal for me. So I grew up in a family that... I was quite poor compared to normal standards. And I think one of the opportunities I felt then God was giving me was to be able to pour back into people in the way that I felt that I was poured into. And so for me, it's quite important to feel like we are not just giving, but we are equipping. And so I often try to explain it in simple terms as rather than giving someone a fish, we are teaching them to fish. And so for me, breaking the cycle of poverty is more than about just giving them food like that's great and food is helpful but actually if somebody is in a situation where they can't provide food on a regular basis for their family there are likely other things that need addressing and so the intention of all things compassion is for us to have a place and a program where people can come and get help with all of those things because if we can address the needs of a family, yes, possibly financially, but maybe emotionally, maybe spiritually, maybe mentally. Like, we have a lot of people coming with a lot of need. And to be fair, a lot of us have a lot of need. It's open to anyone and everyone. But if we can address those issues with the older generations, that can then change the younger generations. And we can have children going up without feeling the need to, number one, be ashamed, but number two, need to... If we can break the financial strongholds that they're in, then they might not need to go to a food bank the rest of their life. It's being able to equip and walk alongside them and giving them that opportunity to feel empowered in doing so. We're not just giving them a box of food that says, here, it sucks to be you, but you can have some beans. Like, the, the point is to be able to actually empower them to choose what they want. And again, there's nothing wrong with the free food boxes and the things that you can't choose, but actually there's something so much more empowering about seeing someone valuing them and actually allowing them to have a part in their journey as they walk out what they want to see in themselves in this next journey. Fantastic. Can I just say, Renee was like, are you sure you want me? I'm like, yes. Um, so tell us an example of, like, we, you've said why. Yes, the free stuff, the practical essentials, all good. But the breaking the cycles is really where your heart is. And mm. you just so beautifully um, described why. Can you give us an example of um, people that have come and accessed some of the things you're talking about where you've actually seen that happen? You've seen people start to break free from some of those cycles of poverty in their life. So we have one couple that comes to mind who will stay anonymous just because we haven't, well, I haven't spoken to them about this, but they've shared their story quite often and quite freely. And this couple, when they first came, so we had started out in the very beginnings of the social supermarket, um, the wife and the couple is very honest about suggesting that they were in debt to the point where she actually was feeling quite suicidal and felt that there was no way out, there was nothing that she could do, there was nothing that they would be able to do on their own to get out of what they were in. The long story short is that they came to Renew, they were part of the program, we walked alongside them, helped them to figure out what they wanted their goals to be, 
they ultimately graduated from the program and were so blessed by the opportunity that they were given. Um, and as a side note, sorry, by the way, they were able to save money during the program in order to get out of their debt. So they paid off all of their debt that they had, and they now were then walking in financial freedom. And so as a way of being able to give back into what they were doing, they come and actually are here sometimes just as long, if not longer, than some of the paid workers that we have. So they volunteer almost every day a week to come. They give their time, and they've actually gotten to the point where they sometimes, when we don't have enough of, say, something oil or something like that, they will go out and buy it with their own finance to give back into the program, and they're more than happy. And I think the thing that's really exciting about this is, yes, it's great, and we're a church, and that's amazing, but actually this couple doesn't love Jesus yet. Like, they know about him, and they're aware of what we do and how we do it, but actually we're able to minister to people in practical ways where they know who we are, they know that we have Jesus in us, and that opportunity is still open for them all the time. But actually it's not about shoving Jesus down their throat. It's about actually providing for them in a way that shows that Jesus loves them in practical ways, and they therefore can give back into the community in the same way. Fantastic. Can can we just speak to you all day? (laughs) So good. So what I love about what you've just said is um, we talk about breaking a cycle of poverty like debt-free, great, Mm. and being able to then contribute and give back. What would you say you've seen as a change in them personally? You talked about her mental health and how the struggles that they were in, um, but there is something more that I know you you really pursue when you help people break free from cycles of poverty about their identity and about what, how they see themselves and, um, and actually being able to hold a mirror up to what God thinks of them, even if it's not an overt, um, they're not following Jesus. Talk to us about the change you've seen in people's identity and the way they see themselves as a result of coming to get help here. Yes, yeah, so I would say that obviously we are not ashamed of the fact that this is a church and that we are trying to live out what Jesus wants us to do. And so this specific couple, for example, I I have um, tried to quite overtly speak to her about her identity. She struggles a lot with feeling that she's too old to change and there's not anything that can uh, change that. And you know what, God might love her but actually there's it's just too much time has passed she's too far along all of that sort of stuff and so it started out as a bit of a joke um, where I would see this lady and I would say to her I would call out her name and she'd say yes Renee and I'd say you know what you're awesome and she would say stop saying that stop saying that I don't I don't like that stop saying you're gonna make me cry and so and it started out as a bit of a joke and um, every time I saw her I would call out her name nope don't say it don't say it and she'd turn around and she'd run away <laughs> and um it was really good, though, because eventually she got to, I said to her, I'm like, I'm going to keep saying it every time I see you until you believe it. And she's like, well, then you're going to say it forever. And I said, fine, I'll say it forever. I've got all the time in the world. And so um, we continued to go from there. It eventually got to the point where she would say, you know what, fine, fine, Renee, I am awesome. And then she would walk away and I'd say, yep, so you are. And so it's interesting. And then ironically, a few different times recently, she's come up to me and said to me, so I've been walking down the stairs or up the stairs, and she'd say, hey, Renee, yeah, yeah, what do you need? You're awesome. Oh, fine, okay. And so it's that sort of thing where actually she's gone from, she would probably say to you she doesn't always feel that way clearly, but actually it's something where she knows that she's being invested in. We've had some very, very personal conversations, some very private conversations 
where actually um, she has said that she knows and she feels that there are, are very few people here who have invested in her and she knows and understands that there is more. Um, she has actually come, she and her husband have both come only a couple of times, but they have come to the church, which is great. Um, and again, it's not also about that. It's not about the church. It's about actually just loving them for who they are, where they are, in what they're doing, and just continuing to have those little things. I mean, on Mother's Day, I sent her a bit of a um, text message just saying, hey, um, don't really know what kind of day you're having, but figured I'd send you a note. Um, her husband told me later on that she actually sat at home uh, crying about that because not even her children had done anything to say anything for her. And so, again, I knew nothing about that. I didn't send her that message because I particularly felt she was a mother to me. I didn't send that message for any other reason other than just trying to be kind. And um, God used that and actually those sorts of things then. And that's, in essence, what I have used to say to her. Actually, God, God says that there's not an age limit. There's not a mentality limit. There's not a anything limit. That actually you are very much valuable and the, the poverty and all of these cycles that you've been broken out of can continue to be passed on through you through what you're doing and there's nothing that's going to stop that if you allow God to help you. Fantastic. And when you talk about, you just use the phrase there, God used that. I think it's very um, common, I think, within churches. There's an assumption that people in churches are kind, good people, you know, that we do good things. And there are also incredible charities that have no faith basis to them at all that provide incredible things for people who are in circles of poverty. So how, how is this just different from a great charity? Because actually there are brilliant charities that give people food, they give them, uh, they offer counselling to people, they give people clothing. Um, you know, there are an amazing, within our social services departments, there are people working really hard to do these things too. So you almost as a throwaway said, oh, God used that. Like, talk to us about how as people here, if we've said yes to Jesus and we're walking out in our day-to-day -day life, when we walk into a situation and, and look at, that Jesus' um, invitation to remember the poor always, mm. what difference does it make that you have the Holy Spirit? Very good question. Um, Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the thing is that every morning before we open officially for people to come in, we gather around and we pray. And... Clearly, we have a number of volunteers who are not, who don't know Jesus, and they will still be respectful. Some join in, some don't. They don't have to if they don't want to, but we still very much ask for God's presence in this place. And I think for us, that is the key difference. We pray that every time someone walks in those doors, that they can feel a tangible presence of God, whether it is just a lightness, whether it is actually maybe tears and they feel that they can be honest and open with someone, whatever it is, we pray daily for this to be a safe space and a safe place for people to come. And we pray as well for those of us who are volunteering, who are um, working here to just have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words of encouragement for the people who come in here. Because, yes, actually, if people just plain need food, 
there are loads of places that they can go. And they don't have to sit through the meetings we have with them. They don't have to come on a monthly basis and set goals. And actually, some people don't want to. And that's fine, and we're more than happy to point you in a direction of another place. But actually, if you want to be changed and you want a difference and you want someone to invest in your life, we're here to do that. And I think the difference in that is Jesus in us, because I couldn't do that on my own. I know our staff and our volunteers can't do that on their own. We're all human. Sometimes we have rough days, and actually something sucked in the morning. We barely got there on time, and the last thing we want is someone coming in, demanding X, Y, and Z, and whatever. And so actually, we always have to kind of rewire ourselves to say to God, actually, today, help me to be who you are to these people. I don't want to be who I am to these people because I'm not going to help them. There's nothing I can do to change any single person's life or job or poverty or any of that stuff. I can't do it. God's the one who does it, and God's the one who does it through us. And so if God doesn't show up, none of this would be any different than anywhere else. And so I guess we just continue to ask for that. We always covet the prayers of people around us. We are continually looking for people who love Jesus to come in and to volunteer and just sit and be and have conversations. You'd be surprised at the number of people that we have had give us stories and testimonies of how actually someone just sat and spoke to them. And sometimes they don't even speak, they just sit. And actually that makes the world of difference to people. And that's about Jesus. That's what it's about. Fantastic. Um, And I think there is a, a supernatural favor on these things when you add good ideas and good biblical reference of you know remember the poor and you add that to holy spirit ideas there's a supernatural um, response in fact becca and i were just saying this morning when people go and get clothes from the beehive they're secondhand clothes so they were originally bought from sainsbury's or you know or depending on the donor from all sorts of places um but what we consistently find is that when you're wearing an item of clothing that you bought in the beehive you get more compliments than if you'd have bought it from the shop (laughs) and I have no explanation for it Becca said this happens all the time that where people are wearing the item of clothing they could have gone firsthand and bought it but when people buy stuff from the beehive and she was talking to a customer about about this and the customer was like that is so true. Whenever I wear something from the beehive, people are like, I love that. Where did you get that from? There is a supernatural favor and beauty that goes with when we partner the practical with the Holy Spirit. And we can't, we can't unravel that. Um, but I would love to actually research that and test it. And I'm almost guarantee we would find that the number of compliments goes up and the number of times people say, you look beautiful, that looks great on you, when you're wearing something that has been a Holy Spirit birthed idea in the first place. Um, It doesn't make natural sense, but when God's on it, the practical and the supernatural come together and it's something very powerful. So we're just going to change direction now and go into um, thinking about what this means for all of us as a church family. And uh, Renee and I um, spent some time just with God and praying and saying, what do you want people to know or understand this morning? Because it matters that this isn't just a spectator sport, like, yay, Numa Church Compassion, doing great things. Um, but actually, how what's going on in our own hearts and minds um, can have a huge impact on how we walk out freedom in our own lives and then how we introduce that to people. 
in terms of the whole of Ashford, only a very tiny percentage of people will ever come through the doors here to receive compassion services. And yet, there are thousands of people who need a message of freedom in their life every day. Mm. Poverty mindsets are just as damaging as a practical poverty. Mm. Um, and so, um, Brene, just tell us, as you ask God, what, what did he bring to mind that, um, that he wants to do with people here this morning? So there were a couple of different things. <clears throat> One of the things that I really felt that God wanted to address was shame around this. So shame of lack, but also um, in a unique sort of way, I think sometimes people who have come from lack and then God has blessed them feel almost like they don't deserve to be able to talk about then having stuff. So for example, um, yeah, you've possibly been in a situation where you haven't had enough and it was really difficult and then God blesses you somehow in a way that you hadn't expected. So we talk about when we give for provision and all of those sorts of things. Um, but then because you feel like your identity almost is the poverty mindset, you have an amazing opportunity to take a holiday maybe with the children or to buy something nice for yourself, but then you feel ashamed every time you're wearing it because you don't want to say that you actually bought it for yourself. Like that sort of thing. I think God wants to break that off people that actually there's no shame in having enough. There's no shame in having abundance that actually God gives us that abundance to be able to bless other people. And I think that's one of the things that Sometimes even in my life has been a bit of a difficult sort of thing. Um, to be honest with you, I was a little bit concerned when a few months or a few weeks ago we had talked about, oh, let's give a, give a testimony about uh, how God has blessed someone financially. And I gave a bit of a story about how um, God had blessed me beyond huge amounts of even belief with a table and all of that sort of stuff. And actually... I didn't want to do it. I felt really awkward. And I was like, oh, what are people going to think? Like, this is stupid. All of those sorts of normal things that go through your head. And actually, didn't think anything about it. Didn't even know it was online until last week, Chris brought um, someone to me who said that that testimony had really ministered to them to the point where they decided to come back to church for the first time in quite some time. And I was like, wait, I didn't even know it was online. What is going on? Like, I'm really confused. But actually, that sort of thing then, got, it had nothing to do with me. It had to do with God. And, and that sort of thing where actually, had I kept that quiet, had I just kind of told my few friends, which is still great, but actually not for the public, that I don't know. I mean, God could have still brought her. But actually... It was through the provision that God has given and made that testimony. And there's no shame in any of that. Like God calls us to become out of that poverty mindset, to be able to bless other people. And I think that's one of the things he really laid on my heart is to pray over people. Um, another one of the things that um, I really felt, especially this morning, so I know we've talked about a little bit with the uh, throwing up my hands and singing hallelujah because I have nothing left fit for a king. And I think two things in that. Number one, it's not just a king who we're giving to. It is the king. And actually, there's nothing, 100% there's nothing. And I don't mean there's nothing in the, oh, poverty mindset, like, oh my goodness, I'm poor, I have nothing, like that sort of mindset. Actually, it's more than all of that. 
We need to remember that provision has nothing to do with us. The provision that I was given, for example, with that table had nothing to do with me. In fact, I tried to do everything. I tried to research. I tried to save my money. I did all of the things. I prayed. I asked. I looked. I did all of the things. And the provision that was given had nothing to do with me. And I think that's one of the things that God wants to address today as well, is that actually provision has nothing to do with you, whether it's provision physically, financially, emotionally. None of that has to do with you. It has to do with what God is doing in you. And when you lay it down, that's when he's going to do those things. The other thing, that the last little thing, is a little bit of a fun thing for me. Um, In the States, our coins, um, especially the penny, has the words, in God we trust, written on it. And as I've grown up, it's been a little bit of a thing that every time I see a penny, um, again, my parents were quite poor. I felt like a penny was worth huge amounts of stuff. Um, I started picking them up, but it was interesting because at some point, and I don't know when, but God laid it on my heart that every time I see a penny, I'm always going to pick it up, but I'm going to pick it up because it is a reminder that actually in God we trust, and that I then am being reminded that God is the one who is in control. So kind of like the rainbow as a symbol biblically for God not to flood the earth ever again. So for me, that's kind of what a penny has always been. So Nick had said to me a couple of days ago, uh, let's, we really need to pray and see, like, does God want to minister in any specific ways? And I was like, oh my goodness, I suck at this. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not great at that. Okay, God, like, you need to speak to me. I was walking on the way home. I need something, God. I can't get up there and look like a numpty because I got nothing. So um, as we were walking, I <laughs> put my head down and um, just kind of watching where I'm going. And actually, there was a very bright, shiny penny along the ground. Now, I know that your coins here don't say in God we trust on them, but actually it was still that same reminder for me. And I was so excited because actually that was then God's little reminder to me to that actually he is still providing. And it was interesting because I did the whole, oh, it's cool and it's shiny and it looks new. And does that mean anything? And so of course in my head, I'm doing all the human things of trying to figure out, okay, God, this is going to be the story. What does it mean? Um, didn't come up with much of anything, and then was like, oh, man, it would have been kind of cool. Maybe it was an old broken one or whatever, and, and God uses both new, exciting, and maybe not so new and old and broken and all of that stuff. And actually, this morning when I came to church on the way here, um, I noticed an old, torn-up, beaten um, penny on the way here. And so, actually, I have both of them sitting on my chair at the moment because, again, they were a reminder to me that actually... It is all about God and it is about how he speaks to us and how he works through us. And it doesn't matter whether you're new and you're bright and you're shiny and you're on fire for God or whether you are old and beaten down and broken because actually it's about God in all of those and God and entrusting in God. And he's going to pull us out of all of those areas that we have a poverty mindset, whether it has to do with finance or not. Fantastic. So I'm going to ask Kat to come back, and we're going to take a chance. We're just going to pray over some of these things. A couple of things um, that I had very quickly. Someone that is, they feel God is inviting you into generosity, but you fear that it will leave you without enough. You feel like God is saying to you, I want you to give here, be generous here, but your head is saying, but if you do that, you're not going to have enough. And God is saying, that's not how generosity works in the kingdom, that when you're generous, he will provide for you. Um, someone that believes the lie that it will always be a struggle. You just got into your head when it comes to finances, 
and provision, this is just always going to be a struggle. And that's what you've started to believe to be the truth. It's not true. Uh, Two other quickly. One, someone who has made a vow to themselves that they will not end up like their parents when it comes to money and finance and that they never had enough. It was always a struggle and difficult. And they said, I'm not going to do that. And you've now found yourself in a place where you're striving and you're trying and things are moving in a direction of not enough and you feel deep shame over that. You feel like, I should have done better. I should have done more to break out of that cycle. Um, And the last one is a very specific one. I feel like there is somebody here or online who has a bill that has come through for £108 um, that they can't pay and that God is revealing that today because he wants you to, to know he's already made a way for that. That's why when God gives specific words of knowledge like that, it's not just for show, it's because he wants to do something and he's already making a way. So we're going to stand, and if um, any of those things have resonated with you, um, then Renee and I are going to um, pray for you. Kat's going to play. This is a chance just to create space now to open up hearts and minds um, about how poverty mindsets and our own experiences are, are keeping us captive. Um, so just where you are, just still yourself, connect with God however you find easiest. Maybe that's starting to speak things out loud. Maybe it's starting to just say the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place and say, have your way. Have your way here. So rather than invite people to the front, what I'm going to do is just, Renee and I will remind you of some of the things that we felt God speak about. And if that's you where you are, I'm going to encourage you where you're stood to raise your hand. And if you're not someone that is receiving, I'm going to ask you to move around those people and just ask if you can put a hand on them and pray for them. Stand with them. You don't need lots of words. Stand with them and then let God do what he wants to do. So, Renee, just remind us of, um, of the people who you feel like God wants to, to meet this morning. Yeah, so if you need prayer around uh, having this spirit of poverty, this feeling of poverty that actually has been broken over your life and God has uh, blessed you recently and given you blessing and that's still really difficult and new for you and you feel a sense of shame around that, that shame is not from God. And if you need prayer for that, um, then we, we feel that God will definitely break that and can break that shame. Um, we pray that God would bring blessing into your life for you to be able to then minister to other people. So just where you're stood, if that's you, just raise a hand. Just while we're doing that, if you feel like you have made a vow, you're going to break out of a cycle that your parents lived when it came to finances and you feel like you're not succeeding at that, um, and that's coming with some shame for you, I'd encourage where you're stood now just to raise a hand or put a hand up for people to come um, and pray for you. And I think as well, another thing that God really wants to break is that mindset that actually it has anything to do with you, anything to do with us. That you maybe feel like you've done everything, you've done the things, you've done the prayer maybe even, you've gone up front and you've, 
you've sacrificed and maybe when they asked to, to give more financially that you even said that you would do that. But actually, God really wants to minister to you and say, it's, it's him in you. It's not you. And so sometimes we need to humble ourselves and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry, because actually it was me trying rather than me trusting. And maybe you need to be reminded of the in God we trust and say, actually, you know what, God, hands up. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and actually, God, it's, it's all being laid at your feet because I've done the stuff. I've done everything that needs to be done. And you need to be able to give that to him. And I pray that God would bless you in that. So Kaz had a word of knowledge before the service as well about when a poverty mindset around healing and that you have started to believe that you can't pray for other people for healing because you don't have enough health yourself. Mm. So it's actually a poverty of health. You feel like you're lacking in the area of health. And that means that you cannot pray for other people for healing. It disqualifies you because actually you're disqualified from praying for other people for healing because you haven't received enough health or healing yourself. Um, and in Kaz's words, it's rubbish. Um, and actually, that is not what God is saying to you. So if that is you this morning, um, just put a hand up if you feel like you don't pray for people for healing because you lack mm. the health yourself or the breakthrough yourself, um, then just make yourself known to people around you. Mm. Holy Spirit, come and... Soften our hearts to what you're doing. Thank you that your presence is here and that when your presence comes, freedom is close. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.